Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In his book on Believe, Pastor Frazee begins this section on the Bible looking at Moses and his encounter and his encounter at the burning bush. Today we begin at the same place. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So far, our text. Moses is simply doing what he does all the time, tending the sheep. He sees an interesting phenomenon, something he doesn't understand. A bush on fire but not being consumed by the fire. And decides to go over to take a look at this a little closer. And the next thing he knows, he's standing on holy ground. He is coming almost literally face to face with God. As the conversation goes on between him and God, God reveals himself to Moses. He identifies himself as the God of his fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Later he will tell Moses that his name is I Am, who I am. Tell the people of Israel, I am has come. God identifies and reveals himself in his person to Moses. He lets Moses know that he sees the problem of Israel's slavery. And he has heard their cry and their prayers. And he has a plan. A plan of salvation to free the people of Israel. And that Moses is a part of that plan. He gives Moses instructions on what he is to do as God's servant as he sends him to Pharaoh. And he lets him know that it's not going to be an easy task, that Pharaoh's heart will be hard and that God will do many miracles. But eventually the plan of salvation will be fulfilled and the people of Israel will leave their slavery in Egypt. And in the midst of all of this, God also promises to be with Moses throughout this whole process, this whole ministry and mission that he sends him on. Moses stands on holy ground, hearing the word of God for himself. And Moses is the first 
of those prophets, apostles, and evangelists that God will inspire in a special way to begin to write the Bible. Moses will pen the first five books of that Bible, which you and I believe to be the Word of God. The Bible. Does it not do the same thing that God spoke to Moses about? Does not the Bible identify God for us? Define who he is and how he is. It lets us know that God knows about the problem of our sin. That he had a plan of salvation to deal with that sin. And then in the fullness of time his plan came to be through his son Jesus Christ. And we have been saved. And identified as his children to serve him, to be sent out by him. And yes, in the waters of holy baptism, as for Jack, so for us. God promises to be with us through all time. All of that message is here. In this book that we call the Bible. What an amazing book, an astonishing book this is. For this is our holy ground. Where we meet God face to face. Where we hear him speak his word to us. This book is not any book. It is the word of God. Preserved by him in almost a miraculous way. There have been people who have claimed that you can't know what's in this book. Because after all it's been copied over and over and over and over again. Over thousands of years with thousands of mistakes possible. How can you possibly believe that this is what it really says? And yet throughout history. This book has been preserved, its words preserved in a very special way by God because it is his word. For a long time, the earliest uh, copies of the Old Testament were literally thousands of years before their writing, or after their writing, not before, after their writing. We couldn't be sure, or could we? If we believed it was the word of God, we could. But then the Dead Sea Scrolls came around, and we, the copies that we had were dated all the way back now to the time of Christ himself. And the words were identical. Oh, a misspelling here or there, but you still knew the word. God had preserved it without the printing press for thousands and thousands of years, word for word. And the New Testament, the New Testament during the time of the Greeks and the Romans and so on, we know 
that this is the word that the apostles wrote. How do we know? Because compared to Plato, the writings of which we have copies that are almost a thousand or over a thousand years old, and we only have seven of those, yet we believe them. Or the history that Caesar wrote, our copies are 900 years old, and we've only got 10 of those, but we believe those. The best attested book outside of this one is Homer's Iliad. And our copies there are over 500 years old. But we've got 643 of those. So we're pretty sure about those words. The New Testament, our copies date to within less than 100 years after they were written. And we have almost 6,000 copies of those. We know with over a 99.5% assurity that what the apostles wrote, we have exactly as they wrote it. That's a miracle. That's God preserving this word. Don't let anybody ever tell you that we do not know the words of the Bible the way they were originally written. We have it. God has seen to it. This is his word. Inspired by him, preserved by him, proclaimed by him. And if it is God's word, then its contents is the truth of God. It is the truth that the almighty creator of heaven and earth wants us to know. Now I know our world says there's no such thing as absolute truth. But the God who formed it all says that's not true. He has a truth. A truth which he reveals to us. A truth which is absolute. A truth that says that he is all powerful. That he is in control of all things. He spoke it into being and he is involved in its flow through history. And that's absolute truth. He is a God of love who cares for his creation. Who preserves his creation. Who loves the people that he created. And that's absolute truth. He loved us so much that when we fell into sin, when we walked away from him, he did not abandon us, but he set out a plan of salvation for us just as he did for Israel. And he accomplished it in his son, Jesus Christ, who died to take away our sins, who rose to give us eternal life in heaven. And that is truth. That is God's truth for all humanity. In this book, he revealed his will for us. What he sees is right and wrong. How we are to live by his law and under his gospel. And those things are true for us, even to this day. 
He knows we are a combination of sinner and saint. And he walks with us each and every day of our life. Remember the gospel? Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things. That's the truth of God. And we find it here in his word. If this is the word of God, then it carries the power of God. Its power is the power to change people. In our Old Testament lesson here, when Isaiah says that just as the rain and the snow do its job when it comes down onto this earth, so God's word that goes out of his mouth will not return to him empty but will accomplish that which I purpose, he says, and will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. In that word, we know that we are not just some form of animal evolved from lower specimens or forms, but we we are special creations of God. That we have meaning and purpose in our life. That we live under his love and his care. That we have an eternal life in heaven when this life ends. And that knowledge changes lives, changes people. Because you see, when we know that love and care of God, when we are sure of his presence with us, when we know the future that we have in him, then that changes how we view everything in our life and every circumstance that comes into our life. It changes how we look at our world around us and deal with it. It changes how we see other people as loved by God, in need of his care through us. Indeed, it changes everything. The way we think, the way we act, the way we believe. That's its power. Its power at work in people, in you and I. If it is the word of God, then its influence is the ability to guide lives. To use God's law, that what is right and wrong and how we are to live. To use his gospel and know the forgiveness of our sins. To be filled with his spirit and receive the fruits of the spirit to share God's love with others, to be able to reach out beyond ourselves. This comes from God's word at work in us. Knowing his will helps us make our decisions and face the issues that we deal with every day. God's hand guiding us each and every day of our lives. That's its influence as it works in us and through us. 
this book. This book, this Bible, is truly holy ground. It is the place we can go to come face to face with our God, to sit and hear him speak, to find his strength and his power for every day of our life. That's this book. That's the word of God. That's why we say, I believe the Bible is the inspired word of God that guides my beliefs and my actions. And I ask you today, what do you do with holy ground? Do you lay it on a table someplace and let it collect dust? Do you stick it in a bookshelf someplace among all the books of the world and forget it's there? Or do you take it and you open it and you read it and you stand on holy ground and you listen to your God speak to you each day? Truly, my prayer for you is the one that we prayed together just a few minutes ago. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. We rise. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which we find only in his word, Preserve and keep and guide and strengthen you this day and always. Amen.